0: Hi, and welcome to the Ask Mom and Dad podcast. The Ask Mom and Dad podcast explores questions that come to us in all areas of life. We endeavor to have raw and unfiltered conversations where we try to better understand the life we're living, the questions we face each day, and the possibility of solutions that make sense to us. I mean, we're not perfect by any means. So we just explore these questions through the lens of being a mom and dad who've raised a few kids and seen a few things along the way. We also do this as believers in Jesus, who's given us the grace, faith, and courage to press on in life. Today's podcast, we are breaking into three parts and we are um, trying to discuss the subject of should we burn it all down, looking at things going on in current events with the tearing down of statues and the question of what kind of history we need to keep. Today, we discuss the stresses of integrating into a new environment, how our country moved from two very distinct, systemically divided cultures into one whole. Now, the stress of that still lingers to get today and is part of the unpeople that is currently around us. What is systemic racism? How much of it endures today? How much, or how should we see others in relationship to ourselves and how should we respond to what we see in society? How do we assimilate and become one nation together? I mean, what is working? What do we need to do to bring a healthy work, to be involved in a healthy work moving forward? Anyway, enough of me setting this up. Let's listen to what we had to say together when we did this initially.
1: I believe the Western culture has tried its best to portray Jesus well. So I think there's a combination there of who God wanted the world to see. And I still believe in America being able to do that well and better, you know, hopefully better the more we grow, the more we get out of um, some of the negative places that we've been and and keep growing. I'm going to believe in hope and pray that that's what the majority of our country wants still.
0: And here's, I think this is what's so important. I do believe that's what the majority of Americans want. You're going to be hard-pressed to find anyone that didn't, that hasn't cult, that hasn't judged what happened to George Floyd as a murder, just from what's videoed on that tape, what happens in the court system, regardless, that person will never be seen as anything other than a murderer, not in the large bulk of American culture. And, you know...
1: But to say that that wasn't a specifically racial... um, Issue is only to have brought it up, but not necessarily to say that that, that particular that is, issue.
0: That well, and to say that racism is is, is a, a pandemic yeah. in the police departments right. across our culture right. is really pushing it, mm-hmm. and that's you know. yes yesterday- I think
1: people are coming to realize that that's, or I feel like we've seen a little bit more of it's distanced from. Is this a racially charged whole police you know thing, or is this just an issue that needed to come back up? So now we've brought it back up. Now we're dealing with some of it. That's fine. But I agree with you. I think
0: that yeah. Maybe- well, again, there the the things if if there was a um, a need to I mean a need to address this comes into systemic racism that that word that constantly be is used and and it's another it's a conversation I kind of wanted to, to talk about a little bit today too and almost tempted to say let's pause something and watch something and come back to this real quick and talk about it Tony Evans. Um, talked about what is uh, systemic racism. For those Mm -hmm. of you who don't know who Tony Evan is, he's kind of a hero pastor of mine. He's been around for longer than me. Um, And
1: uh, he he is a, he's, Texas and
0: California, I think. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I, uh, he said some things about what is systemic racism and how do we need to address it um, in in our culture and and churches. And I highly respect him. So he got me to, and, and I think, by the way, that's important. If your tendency is to, to reject something and not believe it, you don't understand that. I mean, you need to be aware if you want people who have rejected something and don't want to believe something, the way to get their attention is to have someone who hi, they highly respect speak to them on the subject matter. And you may, need to realize that you may be that someone that someone else highly respects. Mm-hmm. So, For me, it's a guy like Tony Evans. I didn't dismiss systemic racism. I've been going, well, yeah, sure. There's going to be latent issues. And I may not have been giving giving it as a high an issue or priority as I should. I mean, frankly, we live in, in Western Washington. There are not that many people of color here. There's a percentage and we deal with them. But we don't, as I already said, our own personal culture, you and I, we don't treat people that way. Yeah. But even though we don't treat people that way, the question of systemic racism is bringing in the idea that there are things that we may or may not see. That what Tony Evans talks about is that by not speaking against a thing or that pointing out that there is, for to use our early example, there are weeds in the garden, but just ignoring the weeds that we don't, um, that we that we wind up somehow supporting that or not dealing with it. Um, to my illustration, you know, or to in this case Jesus' illustration, there's there's an element to which we trust God to deal with things, but there's also that element about what if the weeds are beginning to choke off the life of the plants next to it? do, do they do they go from being weeds to being um, somehow wolves, <laughs> from weeds to wolves? There sounds like a sermon topic <laughs> that needs to be handled. But he talks Evans talks about in his um in his uh, in the video that he put on YouTube. Um, that, you know, there are some things that are systemic racism is things that are embedded into the structures of society, being them legal structures which are more obvious like uh, with Jim Crow laws and stuff back in the day now uh, back then to employment so, you know we had to come up with laws to force people to employ across that it's against the law to disregard someone because of race um, to uh, yeah, but it's housing how we to, can take that extreme uh, medical to yeah. to just to country clubs to all kinds of things you know the I do question believe question there not, was... Those things are dual
1: some of that. I don't know. I don't really understand the Jim Crow law thing. So I know that there were definitely some time, some states in our union and some uh places, probably more rural areas where it was slower to be maybe accepted. Received. Or, yeah. Or or open, like we were talking about, crossing cultures and trying to integrate cultures. I don't know. I don't I haven't experienced it as much, so I do know that I'm sure there are Especially black people who have experienced some of that kind of prejudicial, whatever, racism type of behaviors toward them. I don't still believe that it's too much written into our laws, but there are probably definitely states where they have not been changed correctly or not been updated to to allow what has been ignored maybe or well he
0: he mentioned it you know in things like housing and employment and things like that but i i, I reference systemic racism when i talked about my upbringing you know you weren't raised in a household i don't think where there was much latent racism that you saw day in and day out you were in that you know neutral state of missouri <laughs> i was raised in georgia and i like i said my dad would have been offended had i brought home um, a person of color um the, like yeah, i said i've, to I've to often said the first girl i loved was yeah. a beautiful little black girl and mm-hmm. i couldn't have brought her home and i could have asked her out and if i did i'd have been rebelling and everything in me wanted to rebel because she was a beautiful little black girl mm-hmm. and i just wanted mm-hmm. to go out with her mm-hmm. um but the only thing that stopped me from doing that was a um a systemic racism that said that i couldn't no, but wait, 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 culturally wait. i was not allowed okay. to do that
1: culturally that's not us in the system
0: well, that's, right? but that's what he did address that. It's, it can be embedded in our, in all laws of our systems, housing our, systems, medical, it yeah, could be in laws, but that but, was
1: a, that was a mentality. That was an attitude, which was, I do appreciate is somewhat in our culture at times, but it but the system written into the law or the whatever well, okay, I think so, is less than it used to be, and I don't know. There may be some areas. That's what. I was but it,
0: there to was me. up until the late '50s and '60s. Each there were states, almost every state in the, in the union, including Arizona and others, had laws against uh, interracial relationships.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we looked, that uh, that uh, was
0: not allowed. You know, with the, and as my daughter as Hannah, Hannah likes to point right? out to me once in a while. And what's funny is the science says that the most healthy kids come out of those relationships because oh, they they compensate because for the gene crossovers. Because bringing the
1: races back together, I believe, is what God wants. So well, I guess and that's, that's why that's it's the hard thing for is, me to accept that that's It is hard true, because but. as
0: a believer, as a Christian, systemic racism, it, Pentecost destroyed systemic racism. There should not be that's anything. Like. Yeah, we should be working to bring that together. I think Evan's point is, you know, he says, if you see a system at work, let's look at what he said. If you see a system at work and you don't speak against it that's potentially racist and you don't at least bring attention to it or empathetic to it, then you're capitulating or participating in it by not bringing to attention. So the idea is, I
1: agree. I don't think that though, that I've ever had the occasion to see that. That's exactly, I guess what I'm trying to say through this whole argument. I have not been directly affected by a law or a particular, even a setup that is that way. I truly have never, Seen that written into a code. For instance, we went to a church in Macon, Georgia, that they had said they told us that like five years before we were there, it was that way that there yeah, black either people black people, people weren't there. allowed or there was like a different section they and had to sit a in or something that was like that. Yeah. yeah, if that had been so at that time, I would not have gone to that church. No, I would not because it. that couldn't tolerate like that.
0: And we would have been but vocal about it. We would have told everybody that we talked to, "Don't go to that church. yeah I would
1: have. Because yeah. I don't believe in that at all. So if I had enc- enc- encountered that, I don't believe I would have not said something in any where else. But wherever. the real question is, like I said, why was that church
0: no longer, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the real question is, why was that church no longer that way when we got there? Somebody
1: must have stood up for it is what I hope. Yeah, but but what I was going to say it. was, ahead, I did sorry. encounter that in that one Georgia dermatology office I had.
0: Oh, but no. I believed
1: it was just mostly communication errors. I still believe that. Some of the, I think, some of the problem was economic because the, the levels of economic, people you know, people could walk through the, if you had a particular insurance or, you know, and in that area, it was more of a, if you were poor and you had this particular insurance, maybe it was Medicaid type insurance, you were seen as. As a particular thing, we got here to, to Washington and that's not true at all. And we've had to live on that type of government insurance for we've quite some time because we we've are in that level of poverty in Washington. So makes I wouldn't poor. see anyone as being, you know, different than that. But I do appreciate that Washington did not make us feel like low lifes, or however you used to kind of pin it in your mind. Well, let me ask you this. People who weren't able to come up to that level and get the right type of you know, insurance. So I I do think that kind of uh, economic division you know was there a little bit more than I think than I had ever seen that way, but I f- I still feel like it was somewhat a communication so barrier.
0: Let me ask you this in in when you were when you were when we were in our twenties and newly married and you were working in Georgia or not quite yet married, and you were working at Georgia Dermatology, and and um, you were experiencing that and you I said just- would. You said you didn't see racism; you saw economic disparity. That's how you saw it, because the way you saw the world.
1: Well, I saw them treating each other differently, but I'm saying I didn't see it as a policy. Yeah, I didn't see it written into the situation. So,
0: but the but the economic disparity that we're talking about—that's what like, I saw some Evans people would acting be talking that
1: way, and it made me angry. But I didn't necessarily.
0: Sure, Evans, but that's the thing is you didn't necessarily see. Some people might come into that environment and see racism right away. And some people would like you walked in and you just saw economic disparity. You didn't necessarily make it a racism thing. Evans talks about systemic issues and like housing and just so he he sees poverty and class as he said people trying to catch up because there's systemic racism is still a place where the people are trying to catch up from where they were back and it's and it hasn't it's not quite there yet.
1: What I'm trying to say is I saw it. I see it in other people. It's it exists. But to to know how there was anything you could do about anything, especially with someone else's attitude, was just to me just to be the barrier, the break down the barrier. In other words, I wanted to it's help them communicate or I piece, wanted yeah. to help them realize they were just miscommunicating or I wanted to help them not no one to feel like anyone was trying to single out someone else. So I could see it. I could maybe label it. But there was nothing that physically I could do to change an attitude other than try to help to bridge the,
0: but see that goes doesn't that go back to what we talked about earlier um with the fir- like when i go back all the way to the beginning of um the abolitionist movement before they could deal with the slavery issue they had to first raise the level of the people that were slaves in the eyes of the people who oh, weren't to yeah, see them as humans some
1: that. the science was whatever the science they were spewing about africanus niger or something silly like that yeah, i so- heard on a i heard on a tv show not Long ago, deal with parliament they literally were trying to convince them that this was a they were made to, only to work and this whatever <laughs> yeah. they
0: were, it was like they, they were, were a different species they were, they were, they were pack They're mules so ridiculous. basically So but the same thing could be true though and you're saying you're saying you would want them to communicate but is it plausible that in if you've got a black person and a white person in that time in Georgia 30 years ago for us almost or a little more then that first you've got to deal with the fact that the black person and the white person see each other as on equal footing because you're seeing a communication problem, it might be that the person in this case, because we're talking is the white person and the black person see each other with disparaging odds because of racism. So that has to be addressed before communication can happen. Maybe. That I would be to me what systemic, systemic racism because is. Because the only
1: thing I could do treat them both the same. That's all to you me, can do.
0: Yeah. And, and in the course of a relationship, address,
1: I wouldn't even know any kind of science in their minds to break down. or well, any na- kind Well, of,
0: it's rarely science. It's just, it's just belief it's systems. Attitude.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm, that's why I'm saying I would want just to treat them the same. And I don't feel like there was any law against that, or there wasn't any built in thing that I could have that would say, well, that's wrong. You know, the, but there, but there were definitely uh, probably people who, wouldn't have wanted to, literally even. I feel like I remember one lady who didn't even want to go to the front when there were black people in the waiting room. Like it was ridiculous. At that point, I didn't understand that at all. Like I'm saying, I I really wasn't trying to interpret it as just a communication problem because that's what they were telling me. Well, I just can't even understand what they're saying or whatever. Well, there was a definite barrier. I could. There was a I conversational it. The conversational barrier, yeah. thing was different. So. But to me, that was just what it You're was. You're talking about so the I um, didn't southern, uh, southern
0: drawl of black people versus in the, in, in well, our part of the South definite, versus Well, and even Missouri. we heard
1: a black lady talking about that the other day. She even referred to the Ebonics that they used to call it. That was like a phrase from the 80s or something like that where they had termed what they, the words they chose to use versus our. So in in the South, it gets worse because there's literally a, um, like you were saying, a Southern accent for the southern white people there's a southern accent for the southern black people as well and it's as if it has forked off so far that they don't even understand the language kind of like i always refer to in a married couple we see you know and speak men versus women and sometimes it's literally we're speaking completely different languages we this particular definition of this word doesn't mean the same yeah it's it's K- akin to that even though it's a literal language barrier like they can't understand what the other person they, i can't even remember now um particular words but i remember particular words not being able to be uh oh you didn't know that's what this word. were, were what were they were saying? It's the same word, but it didn't sound the same. Yeah. So that was a legit barrier.
0: Accent, yeah, or, it, well, and it or was and accent, some word choices, but it was, accent, yeah. Yeah. There's it still was, there's still words that are used was, in certain cultures to keep and, separation. Of yeah, culture.
1: exactly. And that's what I was going to say. I think it was an encouragement. Language of can be
0: used as a systemic barrier.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I
0: mean, that's the thing I am saying. Where a, a system is he any you organized, that
1: yeah, that's systemic. yeah.
0: As any organization of structure. That is that is that people fall and operate within is a system. There's a cultural a system that that feeds a kind of a culture. There's a system, I mean culture encompasses yeah, that's system. that's where I get confused I think, by but, it because system but,
1: sounds more like a law or a um, a guideline or some sort of. And he was referencing like a healthcare thing or whatever that maybe in some states especially still there may be actual barriers of, you know, this or that. Like at one point there was. Division of places to sit or whatever—that kind of thing sounds to me like a systemic. It's a system error. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's more if it's attitude. That's completely different, and that's something that's just at root to me is a sinful uh, acknowledgement, like you just said, that we're all human and we're we're just different. And
0: Evan said something in the. But there are barriers. Yeah, there are. And and Evan said something in the in the video. I think Tanya that that. I would like to think separates you and me, but it's also something that irritates me about what we're kind of doing in this current upheaval. It feels like everyone who is white right now is having to apologize to everyone of color based upon the idea that we might have sinned against you somehow. We're not quite sure how, but whatever, how it is, I'm sure it exists. Therefore how I've sinned, I apologize for it, whatever the how is. And and I've seen us doing that as religious leaders and stuff. And I think it's perfectly fine for us as people because white privilege is another conversation. Um, but I think what we're saying about white privilege is, is kind of what we're talking about with systemic um, issues in the sense that maybe because of who we are, we're, we're not awake to so some of those things. You saw communication barriers where other people might say, oh, I'm not, not no, woke, yeah, awake, <laughs> <laughs> Um but we saw communication barriers, um, but but that's because you had an innocent mind coming into that. You didn't see racism more as I might have seen it because I was I'm born and raised in Georgia. I would have gone, no, it's just blacks and whites not wanting to get along. Well, um, that's what
1: I saw it as. I'm not. That's what I'm trying to say. I labeled it that way, but it bothered me so much because all I could say was, but all you're doing is not understanding each other. Yeah. To me, it, I, I think, tried to see it innocently, I guess, because I didn't understand it otherwise. I didn't know know why they couldn't. To see each other as human.
0: Yeah. I, and and that, well, what Evan I said understand. is he said, he said if you can't look at these things without at least being empathetic.
1: Oh, well, I could definitely empathize and with that's, that. That's to I...
0: me what separates us out, though, is to say as believers, as Christians, as people who are trying to work for change, mm-hmm. for me to say, I may not have seen it. Now I see it. That doesn't mean the next thing, if because someone says, here, do you see this? And now I'm aware of it. I'm going, you know, I see that and I can see how you perceive it that way, or I can see it and I can agree with how you see it that way. But that doesn't make me guilty of it. And right now, I think the thing yeah. in our culture that's bugging me is I'm not allowed to be empathetic without being guilty. Without being guilty, yeah. <laughs> and that is something we need to stand up and say, I'm sorry. No, I've spent... 30 years, Um, well, let's see, my oldest kid is nearly Maybe 30, nearly 30 years <laughs> raising kids and counseling young adults as they've come into life to be people who love people and don't see any difference than people are people. And, and I'm not going to apologize because I've made some mistakes along the way. Have I made a joke now and again? Sure. Because I don't have animus or anything like that. That doesn't make me evil because I've made uh, a, a remark now and again, it's off color any more than it makes me an example I can't think of that would make what I just said relevant. Um, but the point that, that I'm getting at here is that the frustration, I think, and that's the frustration that people are dealing with is the push and, and that are pushing back against across the cultures is that when people are saying to you, you're white, therefore you're guilty. guilty yeah. I'm sorry, excuse me. I'm white. I may be guilty, but probably not what you think I'm guilty of. Uh-huh. There's plenty of things I'm guilty of because well, I'm also human. And, but and it is that. right
1: for us to be admitting wherever we have failed in that maybe like you're saying maybe not stood up where we should or not been uh admitting to um whatever we might see or whatever there's another thing yeah to to accept guilt in the places we aren't guilty so i don't know i guess i just don't know exactly how we're what is it even that we need to get to do we need to repent for our you know, white color and our privilege or whatever it is, or do we just need to keep trying to move forward? Like I feel like we've said through this whole conversation, moving forward to try to amend things that aren't probably good, however, not tearing down whatever we have also seen that has been beneficial, what that has helped, that has improved things, that has changed things.
0: We've had a culture war erupt. And right now, just like with any war, we're trying to tear down the things that are that are that need to be torn down without destroying the things that don't and unfortunately when it becomes a war and not a working together things that don't need to be destroyed wind up getting destroyed and that's the sad that's what i'm that's what's i think we're grieving in society but and and i guess
1: what we're saying and what maybe what brother evans was trying to approach is like you were saying earlier we are all americans so if it exists in any part of our culture it is a part of us so we do need to separate from that continue to grow through that continue to get better at it fixing systems if they are faulty and and getting better at at making it like we have said making it so that we're all americans and all treated exactly the same i think it's always going to be a little bit of a challenge because we have all so many cultures coming into our culture that make it a challenge already, such as we don't necessarily want our illegals that live in our land to have all the freedoms that everyone else has. So so to put those cultural or economic barriers there or to to keep them in place makes it so there are some who are just going to fall into those categories. And I don't know how we change that. There's no really way to do that because we have to have some boundaries. We have to have a little bit of a, or else we won't survive really. We won't keep Going the freedoms that we already have, but you're right we we should be aware of at least pockets of our nation that haven't come even into this century and and done the best they could to separate themselves from that. And I think there's a political party that's at fault to that. so i I believe that we should <laughs> see that as it is, like you said. I definitely view think it one from what it's one group
0: of people push an agenda harder than another one <laughs> and i and I'm and i I would love to see us all pushing towards bringing our country together rather than pointing out how our country is falling apart yeah (laughs) and um there are people out there who don't like who we are as america and this has been true for as long as any country has had a history but what emerged out of world war ii and the rise of communism is ever since then it's tried to infect this culture Mm -hmm. it's been a battle that didn't end at the end of the cold war it just took on new forms and so, I think Americans who believe in individual liberty and not corporate, or uh, not corporate, but central control over the lives of all its citizens, are going to fight that battle. Well, and, and, and like the thing you is, said, is you know, it's we got to deal with getting
1: it. our minds back on what is central because we also get distracted by all this stuff a little bit. Yeah, and that's where tactic. We, yeah, where we can focus on moving forward with. Um, spiritually snuffing out the sin that is among us which isn't as much about race as it is about just uh offending our god those kinds of things can be we can get on the same page with every christian black white you know whatever other colors um the bottom line is all of us need each other and we need the different cultures to trust god together to seek him together to to believe and know that he's at work in all of us so that's to me, should be the ultimate goal.
0: Well, this has been fun. Mm. I think it's good time, good point to stop. Unless you want to just pick a brand new topic and just do the entire season <laughs> <and> <laughs> one sit be down. Con- continued. Um, continued. Um, continued. Do, do we continue? Continued. Continued. Uh, it's been good, uh, interesting conversation. We don't. Um, it's. It, it is a conversation. I think what you said a minute ago. Um, about wanting to see people communicate, you wanted to help people communicate. What we're doing now is just what everyone needs to do. We're not right about everything, I'm sure. We've made, we'll make yeah. some statements. We'll look back on. If we live another 10 years, because, you know, me, I think I'm old because I'm in my 50s. Um, I'm sh- hopefully I will live another 10 years. Good but, um, grief. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see my grandchildren grow up. But um, anyway, uh, we'll look Lord back willing. and go, what was I thinking when I was that young, stupid 53-year-old? Um, but, uh, you know, just like I look back on stuff in my 20s and I really roll my eyes sometimes. But that's the—that's another conversation altogether. What's the value of forgiveness change and moving forward? And yeah. we can do that one in another time. But um, thanks for sitting down with me for an extended conversation and Um, we'll see you guys next time on Ask Mom and Dad